2020 hit pageants hard. And whilst everyone else is talking about how to walk, how to talk and how to dress, no one's answering the real questions like, what should I do when I've lost all motivation? How can I regain my confidence? How do I pick myself up after a soul-destroying pageant experience? Or should I even be doing pageants in the first place, especially after 2020? It's time to make sure your inner game is as strong as your outer game. It's time to make sure you're aligned so that you're pulled towards your goals rather than being pulled apart. It's time to put that imposter syndrome to rest once and for all. I'm your host, Adrian Kwan, and welcome to the Pageant Boss Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to, God, is it episode 20? I think it's episode 20 of the Pageant Boss podcast, um, 20 or 21. I uh, hope you are all doing super well. Um, apologies if you're hearing a bit of noise in the background. I'm in my car as usual, but it's actually raining today here in Sydney and I'm not okay with it because I want to play tennis tomorrow and I don't think it's going to stop. Anyway, I don't think you tuned in to hear my complaining. What I'm going to talk to you about today is um, awareness campaigns and how you can juice them up. Uh, Alex, oh, is it Alexandria? Sorry if I'm butchering your name. Uh, a lovely young girl um, commented under one of my posts about awareness campaigns and how I said you shouldn't just do another awareness campaign because that's what everyone's doing. And if you want to stand out, doing an awareness, basically doing what everyone else is doing means you're not going to stand out and you're not going to raise any awareness. So she asked me if I had any tips. Um, and this is what I'm going to do in this podcast is give you my thoughts on how to juice up and uh, make those awareness campaigns of yours a bit sexier so they actually get awareness. Because um, remember, I'm not saying awareness campaigns are bad. It's a fundamental part of pageantry in today's world. But you know, if you do what everyone else is doing, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're not going to get anyone's attention because you look like everyone else, right? They're the polar opposites. So let me give you some, I'm just going to riff here for a little bit and give you some thoughts from business, okay? Because as you know, we're talking about business stuff a lot with this podcast and with this Facebook group and um, trying to apply some of the principles that applying business will really help and marketing will really help you stand out when it comes to your pageantry. So if you were to ask me, Adrian, okay, I'm going to start a business. What advice would you have for me? And I want you to really play with this because this will help make it unemotional. So that'll give you some intellectual freedom to really riff with me here. First thing I would say is, okay, if you want to start an, a successful online business, let's break it down. Who are you who are you marketing to? Okay, that's the first question, not what am I going to sell? Who am I going to sell to? Okay, and I asked Alex, sorry again if I'm butchering your name, Alex Alexandria, sorry. I asked I asked her this and um, she picked a target market, which was I think 16 to 30 year old pageant, uh, pageant people, so women. Um, so who are you targeting, right? In marketing, they often call it your ideal customer or your avatar. And sometimes you can get it so clear that you actually can pick one person who kind of represents your ideal audience. I need you to do this because if you try to appeal to everyone, you end up selling to no one. And you go, I'm not selling. Well, an awareness campaign is selling. You're, you're having, if people are paying attention to you, 
that means I can't pay attention to anything else. So you are definitely selling, whether you make money or not is, is irrelevant. So pick your target market, pick your ideal customer or your avatar. Now, once you've done that, remember we're talking about business here, all you need to do is go, go okay, well, what does that, what does that my ideal customer want? What are they buying? I don't want you to sell something to them. I want you to make them want to buy from you. So, okay, let's take, you know, 16 to 30-year-old pageant queens. What are they buying? Fashion, makeup, hair products, fake tan. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then you go to stuff that's a bit less sort of pageant cliche, um, maybe self-development books. Uh, they might be buying things on how to eat clean. Uh, they're interested in relationships, right? Dating, probably watching stuff on Netflix, things like that. Bridgerton, maybe as an example. Now, if you were to ask, remember the hypothetical question here is, Adrian, I want to start up an online business. What are your tips? Well, you've picked your ideal customer. Secondly, you've identified what that ideal customer already wants, what they're already interested in. And now the third step is simple. Give them what they want, right? You pick someone, identify what they want, give them what they want. It is really, really that simple. Now, if you if you say, well, Adrian, if it's so simple, why do so many businesses go out of business? I don't know the exact statistics and I don't pay too much attention to them, but the often quoted statistic is that I think within 12 months, 90% of businesses will disappear. Um, and by the, by the way, that means the 10% that are still around, they just exist. It doesn't mean they're hugely profitable, right? And then I think within two years or five years, it's again a, a 90% attrition rate. Um, the reason is, and the reason I got you to think about it in terms of business and not think about the advocacy, right? It's because you get so emotionally attached to it and people in business do it too. They get so attached to this idea. They go, oh my God, I've got this amazing idea for an app. Everyone's going to love it. And I ask my friends and family, they all say they love it. Then they spend tens of thousands of hours and tens of thousands of dollars developing it. And then no one buys it, right? Because you've not given people what they want. You have let your ego get in the way. You've taken a huge stick, metaphorically speaking, and you're beating these people over the head saying, you should want this, buy this. That's not how the world works. You don't get to tell people what they should want. I mean, far be it for me to stop you. You can do it. I'm just telling you it's not going to work, right? So this applies to business where people get this idea for an app or this idea for um, like a charity to start up and then no one gets involved. And it's really sad because if you've invested time and money in it, that's all gone down the drain but it's because you've let your ego get in the way. You are telling people what they should want rather than giving them what they want. And when it comes to your advocacy or an awareness campaign, if I was to give you some general advice, it is you need to give people value. You need to add value to people. And you are selling. Again, you may not be making money, but you need to get people's attention, which means, by the way, you're not competing just against everyone's everyone else's awareness campaign, you are competing against people watching Netflix. You are competing against people doing their taxes, against people paying attention to their children, against people paying attention to their partner, against people cooking, against people doing their work, right? Doing stuff they love, going to the gym. So if you want to get people's attention, 
as a, for your awareness campaign, you really, really, really need to deserve it. Now, how do you deserve that? You do that by adding value to people. Now, this is a very business-centric way of looking at it, right? Um, so, as I said, you've identified your target market, again, because if you appeal to everyone, you sell to no one, and you've identified what they already want. So, great. And now I'm saying, if you want to get people's awareness, you need to add value. How does this, you know, apply to awareness campaigns? Well, if you look, I want you to, and, and the fundraiser, see, here's where it's hard to give you a general answer because I don't know, for example, what your goal with the awareness campaign is. Some people are happy to just say they've done it. Other people want to effect a real change. Some people may tie a fundraising element to it as well. Some people may not. And I don't know how you're judging the success of your awareness campaign. Are you looking at metrics, which I call vanity metrics, like how many views your things get? Um, or are you looking at what actual difference did I make on the ground, right? Because very, very different answers and there are different, well, different goals and there are different solutions for those different goals. For example, if all you were interested in was vanity metrics, getting the most views possible, getting the most followers possible, honestly, I would say you should be looking at paid advertising, right? And I don't mean you're advertising as in you're selling something, but like for $20 or $5, you can reach a thousand people who are the people that you wanted to reach to, right? So I asked you what your target customer was. You can identify that with paid social media advertising and you could send your advocacy video, right, to all those people and maybe you have them sign a petition. You will get so many views, it will blow your mind. So if you just want views and maybe you want someone to sign a petition or whatever it is, Honestly, I would say paid social advertising would be the way to go, be the most effective use of your time. And you go and work your job, you take whatever amount of money you're comfortable with, and I would say rather than giving it to a charity, you could put it into your advocacy. This is where it really comes down to well, what is your actual outcome. On the other hand, if you go, no, 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 Adrian, I'm not willing to do that. I, I need to, I really want to make a difference. Well, then you need to objectively quantify what does make a difference mean. And honestly, I have found that working with most queens, um, even in an unofficial capacity, just watching what they do, most of them actually use their vanity metrics to judge whether their advocacy campaign has been a success or not. Now, I'm not one of those people. I want to see a concrete difference made or a concrete amount of money raised. So it's a different proposition for me. But the, but the, the theory remains the same. Okay, so if that's what you want, you go for it. If you want to raise money or make a concrete difference, you're going to have to add awareness, uh, and not add awareness, beg your pardon, add value to these people that you're targeting, right? So to come back to the original, um, original, what I was asking Alex this morning, okay, so she, I believe her advocacy was with overdosing and trying to remove the stigma from people who maybe have overdosed. Her target customer, the target people she's a, she is looking at is 16 to 30-year-old women. All right, well, how do you add value to them? And let's assume that maybe you wanted to raise money or, or do something like that attached. Again, I don't know. But what I would say is look at the people, look at the queens who have done advocacies that you admire and done campaigns that you admire, and they're the sort of ones that you want to run. Now, there is a young woman who just signed up for an interview with myself in America, and her advocacy is 
teenagers against um well, against teenagers who are doing distracted driving right um or teenagers against distracted driving i can't quite remember which one is which uh, w- which one she was talking about but basically safe driving right advocating for that now how is she sort of tying in the fundraising with raising awareness how is she adding value to people well here's what she did she set up a store and she's selling branded merch like t-shirts um phone case covers i don't know if she had mugs or, or something like that but you get it those sort of relatively simple merchandise and it had a little um phrase on it i, I can't remember what the phrase is uh, apologies Ava, if you're watching this but she had a clever little phrase on it that harked back to her advocacy and she was selling those things and then she was taking all the profits she's going to take all the profits from that shop and direct it towards her advocacy so she's adding value to people why because people need t-shirts people need phone covers people need mugs pens mouse mats things like that um and she's saying hey well you know you could buy it from me here's something that you need oh and by the way here's my advocacy right so she's led the conversation by saying hey here's something that you already want and by the way if you're interested here's the advocacy right and you're going to be interested because if it's on your phone cover for example you're going to be seeing the phrase every day practically multiple times a day so you'll get to know about her advocacy but she hasn't taken that stick to your head and going you should pay attention to me you should know about this because i hate to say it coming back to marketing like the number of impressions that you need to make on a person before they buy now again i know you're not selling but you are because if you want people to buy into your campaign It's an emotional buy, maybe not a financial buy, but an emotional buy. But the research into how many oppressions it takes these days to actually get someone to buy, I don't remember the figures, but it's going up astronomically. Maybe it used to be three or four times. Now maybe it's eight, nine, ten times before someone will actually decide to buy from you, which means they need to see your awareness campaign, let's say, ten times before they decide, yeah, this is something I actually want to check into more. Um... And by the way, this is why another thing I would say is all of you need to be posting more often. Every pageant queen I know, pretty much without exception, is worried that they're going to spam people and overshare. It is only spam when it is bad stuff that you're putting out. This is why I said you've got to add value. If it's good stuff, no one's going to complain that you're putting out too much of it. Will you turn some people away by posting five times a day? Yeah, sure. But those are going to be the people you didn't want to follow you in the first place. Remember, we're not trying to appeal to everyone. So, and then you go, oh my God, Adrian, but I can't post that many times a day. Well, first off, take that can't or can't word out of your vocabulary. You absolutely can. You just probably don't want to. But secondly, the reason why so many pageant girls, I think, struggle to put out any um, content out at volume is because every everything they put out needs to be perfect. It's one photo that's perfect with some clever caption. And maybe you're posting one, three times a week. But I just told you, it might take 10 impressions for someone to actually notice your awareness campaign. And you're posting three times a week. So what you're telling me, it's going to take you basically a month before someone will actually know what your campaign is. I'm sorry, but again, if you get emotions out of the way, and if you go back to 
I'm owning a business and my business is an awareness campaign and my product is you buying into my awareness campaign, whatever form that takes. Maybe they get to, do, maybe they do a video f- for you. Maybe they sign a petition. Maybe they do buy a product. Like as I said with Ava's example, buying a phone cover. If, if it's going to take, you know, if you're going to take a month before someone actually decides, then that's not how you would run a business. So, as I said, I'm riffing on a whole bunch of different ideas, but the basic premise is get unemotional, detach yourself from the advocacy for a bit and treat it a bit more like a business. And remember what I said, if it's a business, you identify your perfect customer, you, your ideal customer, you identify what they already want, or another way of saying it's the problems that they have, and then you give them what they want or you give them solutions to the problems they have right? Um, I would say, for example, if you had your awareness campaign and I put it up as a giant stereotype, let's say against, I don't know, the perfect fake tan for pageant queens because it never comes off. It's super simple to put on and it doesn't turn orange, right? And let's put those two up against each other, right? Because remember, you're competing against everyone else that wants attention, You know that if I am approaching, like you and I go head to head against who gets more attention, you know that me with my fake tan product is going to get more attention from pageant queens because they need that product, right? It's something they already know, they already know they need, so they're going to come to me, even though, you know, let's say from a deep and meaningful way, it's it's not good for the world, like your awareness campaign is, I'm giving them what they want. I'm not performing any moral or ethical judgment about you should know about this, you should know about this, you should be aware of this, because I'm sad to say that's what everyone is doing, right? Everyone is saying, oh, you should be aware of people against distracted driving, you should be aware of diabetes, you should be aware of mental health, and you should be aware of this, you should be aware of that body, like all this good stuff. But the problem is everyone's demanding attention, and they're not giving anything back. And the other thing is, they're trying to guilt, like, the underlying the underlying emotion with a lot of awareness campaigns is kind of guilt. Like, did you know? For example, and then you insert fact, right? And the 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 underlying assumption of that is, well, you should have known. Like when I look at that, I go, oh, maybe I should have known. And I feel so bad I didn't know, so now I'm gonna do something about it. And you know what? At the end of the day, you come back from a day like I have here today. It's miserable, it's cold, it's wet. You trudge home from your work where you've not really been that happy. Someone's had a go at you, you've dealt with crappy customers and now you want me to come home and look at your awareness campaign that kind of wants to guilt me? Look, I'm not saying that's what you're doing at all, but that's kind of the underlying emotion that runs through awareness campaigns a lot of the time, not all the time, don't get me wrong. But it's like if that's your emotional narrative, you've got to give me a break. I don't want to come home and be told what I should be aware of. I want to come home and be distracted, right? With something tasty, with something pretty. So, okay, I get to buy a sparkly phone cover, all right? I mean, my podcast co-host, Danielle, she sells robes. These are beautiful purple, I don't know what they're made of. They look like silk robes and they get you get your name titled on the back. And it's like, you know what, I'd rather go and buy myself one of those so I can look cool and sexy and, and have a photo in it, right? I don't want to come home and be guilted about the 5,000th awareness campaign that I've seen today asking me to take a photo with some hashtag, etc., etc., etc. Because I've got to tell you, right? And this is why I told you to get unemotional and detached. 
That's how you're going to be effective at this. You might get offended at what I just said, but I, and that's okay. Because I'm going to tell you that the conversations I've had with the high level queens, with the, the people who are already up there, one really comes to mind. She is sick to death of being asked to take part in people's awareness campaigns because they don't add any value to her. They just want her to take some sort of photo with a hashtag or something. And she views them as not really making a difference, which I got to say, I agree with. This comes back right back to what I said about what's your outcome. If your outcome is only vanity metrics, that's okay. I'm not going to judge you about that. But I don't find that very exciting because I don't think that really changes anything. Yes, someone saw my campaign, big deal. But some awareness campaign where you actually have an end result in mind, that's very different, like a concrete result in mind. Like I would rather change the life of one person than have a million people just watch my campaign as strange as that might sound, because that's a real person. I've made a real difference. And then I can tell a real story about it. So I hope that helps in somewhat, like somewhat to give you some ideas as to how to do an awareness campaign that maybe does cut through. The main thing that I've said is identify who your target is and then tie into what they already want right? Give them what they already want. And then maybe you just tie your advocacy on the back of that. Do not let your ego get in the way. Take that metaphorical stick and start beating people over the head with it saying, you should be aware of this, you know, guilt, 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 guilt. You should be aware of this. How dare you not be aware of this? Because we're never going to get to a place where everyone is aware of everything, right? And if you're going to take that angle, that's your angle of attack, then you've got to ask yourself, why should I be more aware of your advocacy than anyone else's? And how many campaigns can I really truly be aware of at the same time? I mean, the brain can only hold three to seven pieces of information at a time. If I tell you my mobile number, some people will have problems remembering it because it's 10 digits long. So if I can only hold three to seven pieces of information in my brain at a time, why should one of them be your awareness campaign? That's a really difficult question to have the courage to ask yourself. But by answering that, you guarantee your awareness campaign is going to stand out. So as I said, there are many ways of tackling this. I am going to, I'm seriously thinking anyway about doing a mini mini course to help you guys juice up your awareness campaigns because it's a question that seems to keep coming up again and again and again and again together with how do I raise sponsorship? And how do I do fundraisers? Because a lot of people are struggling to raise funds. And it's not a level playing field at all because the people who raise $10,000, $40,000 from one event, when you look at the details of it, very often, not always, but very often, there's a rich parent, there's a rich connection, there's a rich partner there who has donated off the bat $10,000 for no real reason other than they know this person, right? And then someone who doesn't have any of those connections puts their heart and soul into something and gets like $100 and is made to feel guilty about that, which I I think is really bad because they should be made to feel great about it because they probably put more effort into it than the person who just used their connections to raise the $10,000. So those two, the awareness campaigns and the fundraisers, which do very often go hand in hand. As I said, not always, but very often. Um, I will look at doing, like if you would like me to do a mini course, if you're interested in that, in terms of how to juice up your awareness campaigns and maybe you want some personal input or how to raise more funds, um, then do let me know. 
uh, in the comments below this video or if you're listening to it on the podcast, send me a message. Just say, yeah, I'll be interested in that. Um, and maybe we can have some actual live examples on and we can riff off that. Okay. Look, this was a long episode and I, I know it's a little bit random all over the place. I've tried to give you my opinions from a business perspective and I did that on purpose because I think if you really want to stand out in the pageant world, you should be taking examples from outside of the pageant world because that's what they call in business cross-pollination. You take ideas from you're in one industry and you take lessons that have been learned from other industries and you apply them to your own industry, you cross-pollinate and you come up with ideas that no one would have thought of and you blow the game wide open. And that's what I want from you. I want you to, for you, I want you to dominate. I don't want you to be competing against everyone. I want your awareness campaign to be so out there and so original and yet so effective. You haven't just assumed that something would work when it wouldn't, that you out, you, you just dominate everyone. And then everyone knows about your campaign. And there are examples of that. Okay. So I'll leave it there. As I said, I'm looking at doing those courses, those mini courses for you. So if you'd like that, let me know. I hope you're having a great day. It's still raining here. Ugh. And I will speak to you in the next episode of the Pageant Boss Podcast. Hey, it's Adrian again. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just a quick reminder to come and join our private Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss. You're going to be getting early access, special offers and discounts to all our upcoming products, courses and events. So make sure you head there now. It's free to join for the moment at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss. And remember the link to join is in the show notes to this episode. So click that link, join our group, and I'll speak to you in the next episode of the pageant boss podcast.